And because I do hear about people having trouble feeding their horses and not sure how to get them to eat food and they won't take this or that food uh, or their horse doesn't seem to care about food and therefore this type of training doesn't work for their horse. And so this is kind of my, well, hang on, let's think about this a little bit further. Let's keep let's keep going down that bunny rabbit hole. Let's not just stop there at the surface and say they don't like food. We need to dig much deeper. I'm glad you're back for another episode of the TWE podcast. If the audio is a little bit off, I apologize. I'm usually driving in my car when I record these episodes, so I try and keep them as clean as possible, but sometimes I can't help it. (laughs) Hopefully this episode is really helpful and inspires either um, questions or just a thought process. And I would love to hear back from you about how this podcast episode or my podcast episodes in general have impacted your life and your relationship with your horse. If you feel like you'd like to share, you can always check out more information about the willing equine on my website, thewillingequine.com, where I talk about different things on my blog. I share about my social media platforms, and I also offer training services and things like my foundation course, which runs every three months. So if you'd like to learn more, head to my website. Otherwise, keep listening or actually, you know what, wait till after the episode to check out my website um, because I would love for you to listen to this episode and I'd love to hear back from you on it. So keep listening and I hope you enjoy. In this episode, I want to talk a little bit about horses that are not interested in food rewards. Uh, this is something I think is a little bit under discussed in the R plus horse training world or even in the R plus world altogether, positive reinforcement land, because, um, most animals are very, very food motivated that, uh, they're very motivated to work for food because we're all designed to seek out food for our survival. So it's just this core innate thing that we have in us, the seeking for food reinforcers is all, it's really built into us. So it's more likely that you're going to run into a situation where your learner, your horse or your dog or whoever is more food motivated than you'd like them to be. They're meaning that they get food anxious, all kinds of stuff versus the alternative where they don't take food at all. They don't like food, they won't eat food, all of that. So I wanna go through some of the different reasons this may be and why um, we shouldn't let the initial, you know, when our learner initially, our horses initially kind of reject the food that we're trying to offer them, why we shouldn't let that hold us up as far as pursuing training with positive reinforcement. Just because your horse isn't taking food right now doesn't mean that they can't be trained with positive reinforcement or it's not the most effective method for them. So to begin with, I think we should start off by talking about how eating food is inherent. It's, it's, we, we all eat food, right? If you don't eat food, if your horse doesn't eat food, they die. (laughs) It's just a part of life that you have to eat food. So all beings that eat food, all horses, all dogs, all people are, we, um, we all eat food. So we all like food and we all have to have food. So it is something that your horse does. Your horse eats their breakfast and eats their dinner. And if they don't eat breakfast in the or dinner, and you know, I don't necessarily encourage feeding in chunk meals like that, but if 
you know, most boarding facilities are in, in modern horse keeping is set up that way. So that's why I'm mentioning it. But if they don't eat their grain, let's say, then they do still graze, right? They all horses love grass. Like I've yet to run across a horse that won't try and drag you over to grass, right? We're always working on that. We always, we know this is something they do. They drag, they want the grass, right? They all graze. They all love grass. They all want grass. And if it's not grass, it's hay. And if it's not hay, then it's grain or pellets or apples or carrots or whatever it is. So your horse eats because it's alive. It eats. And so your horse is food motivated and it does need food and it is um, programmed to seek out that food and work for that food and do what it when what I mean by that is that they do what is necessary to obtain that food for survival so knowing that knowing that your horse eats food we can't say that they aren't food motivated we can't say that they aren't uh, that they don't like food that they don't you know we can't train with food and all of that because they they do they like it but what can happen is is we miss the part where eating from a person's hand or taking food during training or engage, while engaging with a human is a behavior. It's something that they learn to do. They learn how to eat. Everybody who's ever raised foals knows that this is something that horses have to learn how to do. So a foal is born, they learn how to nurse, and it's kind of built into them. That suckling mechanism is built in, but they have to learn where to take food from. Uh, sometimes foals will start off by trying to find the uh, their, their dam's udder and nipples and all of that over by the chest area and they have to, you know, sometimes people will help guide them over to where it is behind the, on the, under the back legs. And then they start to learn. And then they also learn how to do that. So sometimes the, uh, the mom will walk away if the foal is too grabby or bites on them too much, or they'll kind of nudge them or nip them a little bit to say, Hey, don't, you know, cut, cut that out and <laughs> be nice. Um, and then, they already have that built into them. When they feel hungry, they start to learn where how to satiate that. They go get the food. So they learn very quickly how, where, and when to get the food when they're first born. But then there comes a point where we're wanting to wean them. We want to wean them off of um, nursing and onto grain and hay and grass, right? We want them to start that process of becoming an adult domestic horse where they don't have their mom and they're not nursing. And even in the wild, this happens too, but I'm specifically talking about um, domesticated horses and horses where we, we're putting them through a, um, a breeding, raising, selling process, training process. So good breeders will... Um, introduce grain to their foals by introducing it at the same time they're feeding the the mom the dam they'll feed them both together and the foal will start to learn through observation and also natural curiosity and they'll start to learn that chomping on this funny grainy type of stuff is tastes good and is it is yummy and they can start to learn how to eat grain and so they start to learn where to get that too they recognize that the person is bringing it out they recognize it goes in a bucket they start to learn all these different aspects that go along with eating food and getting this yummy stuff. Um, but they start to also learn what is good to eat and what's not through taste. So they start to explore different plant types. They chew a little bit on this. Ooh, that doesn't taste good. They chew a little on this. That tastes good. They chew on this grain. That tastes good. They chew on this over here that might be kind of grain. It kind of looks like it. Maybe it's like sand or I don't know, whatever it is. Um, but that's not grain. So they start to learn. 
and their taste buds start to adapt accordingly, right? So this is all learned behavior. It's all learned behavior that is taught from really early on in a lot of, well, in good situations, in situations that are not set up that way. I can tell you from personal experience, these foals um, can struggle once weaned because they don't know how to eat and where to get the food. They know how to graze because they've watched their mom graze usually in certain situations, but then you try and feed them grain and they don't know how to eat it. And they don't know that it tastes good. They don't know that it's something they can chew on. And it takes a long time to teach them to eat grain. Uh, this actually happened with one of my horses, my Philly River. She was never weaned properly and she was never taught how to eat solid foods. And she was still very young, only four and a half months old, so she was still nursing a lot. And then she was suddenly weaned, and all she knew how to do was eat grass. And she started to lose weight pretty quickly because I don't have good grass um, at my place, especially in the middle of summer, like when she came. So it um, it was a struggle. I spent months trying to teach her how to eat, and I was very carefully introducing it. I'd mix it with some hay or some grass. She really liked alfalfa. That was the one thing that was keeping her weight on. Uh, so feeding her some alfalfa with a little bit of grain, I'd mix them in, get her used to the texture and gradually over time, especially with watching the adult horses eat, she started to learn how to eat grain and her taste buds started to adapt and all of that. So all of that is learned behavior so that we can look at it from the raising perspective, like whether foal has been taught early on. And then during that same time period, we could you know, some folds are introduced to taking food by hand and through treats and stuff like that, apples, carrots, all that. And some are not, and they never learn how to take from the hand, which is fine. There's not a problem with that, but it's just something we need to take into consideration. What could lead to, you know, let's say a one-year-old, a yearling taking food by hand and another yearling saying, I don't know what's going on here and not taking the food by hand. Be so easy to say, well, this horse, the one that does take food, likes food rewards and can be trained with positive reinforcement. Um, or, and this other one doesn't like food and it, positive reinforcement just won't work for them, right? So, but when we're in reality, what we're looking at is a horse that knows how to take food by hand and another horse that doesn't know how to. So it's learned behaviors. Another thing that can happen is um, conflict or punishers in the learning history for adult horses where making contact with a human's hand with their mouth has led to some sort of negative consequence. So a punisher of some kind where they got slapped or the hand was yanked away and the person startled or um, whatever it is, it just wasn't a pleasant experience. So maybe they used to like taking food by hand, but then during a certain period in their life, they were taught that touching a human's hand ever at any point had negative consequences with it. So now uh, they don't want to take, they don't even want to come close to your hand. It doesn't matter if it has a big juicy red apple on top of it. They're just like, um, no, I'm not coming anywhere near that hand. So again, learned behaviors. They have learned to not come anywhere near a human's hand or else. And so then now us down the road, we're like, we want to feed them by hand and now they won't take the food. I don't understand. Um, again, learned behaviors. They've learned not to take food by hand. Another factor that comes into play is the type of food. So if they don't eat, uh, if they've never had hay pellets before or carrots or apples. I had one mare that 
she had never been well actually i don't know which one it was whether it was it was probably a combination of never learning how to take food by hand and also she was scared of people so um and their hands and stuff so it was a combination she wouldn't take anything from my hand it didn't matter if it was a juicy apple or a carrot or grain or whatever it was she wouldn't take anything by hand and i had to teach her how to take food by hand but we're going to get to that point um, but also the other part of that was, is that she had never had an apple before and then she had never had a carrot before. As far as I'm aware, I, I'm pretty confident that had never happened in her life. And so she didn't know to, that she could like them. She didn't know that they were good and, and, uh, she would barely take grain or anything from my hand. So I had to gradually introduce her to those in a situation that was more comfortable for her. So, um, like I would started to introduce little tiny slivers into her her feed or just while I was feeding the other horses, she'd watch me feeding the other horses the same thing. And so she started to experiment with it a little bit more. And so over time, she learned to take carrots from my hand and she'd learned to take apples and eventually hay pellets and anything else I wanted to give her. So again, learned behaviors, learned tastes, buds, preferences, taste preferences, learned also probably smell preferences too. Horses have incredibly powerful sense of smell, way more powerful than us and comparable to, and it is comparable to dogs. So, um, they probably smelled funny the food smelled funny and they were like, mm, I don't know about this. I'm not going to take it. And that's probably one of the reasons we struggle with supplements a lot. A lot of these supplements we try and feed horses have these really powerful smells to them. And so a lot of horses who aren't familiar with them will often reject them. So learned behaviors, learned what food is good, what it looks like, what it tastes like, associating that it tastes good with what it looks like and that it is in fact edible. Um, watching other horses eat it, learning over time with repetition that it is edible. Um, all of these things go into it. What has your horse learned they can eat? What have they not learned they can eat? What have they been exposed to? What haven't they been exposed to? Has there been any negative consequences in the past associated with it? And so on and so forth. Like it just keeps going. There is a way, way, way more complex I'm basically trying to get at way more complex than my horse does or does not like food because they all like food they all eat food we know they love food i mean just walk into any boarding barn or any large barn with horses at feeding time and they are all just raising hell and causing such ruckus because they know it's feeding time they all love food but i i bet you a lot of those horses wouldn't take food by hand or they may choose food sometimes and not others, and which could get them a label of being picky, or um, maybe they take it very tentatively while another one takes it very aggressively. And I did a whole blog, 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 <laughs> a whole blog pod, oh my gosh, a whole blog post about um, food anxiety. So horses that are aggressive around food is what it's called. It's titled, but my horse is aggressive around food. So if you have a horse that's on the opposite side of the spectrum, I will do a podcast episode about that. Hopefully here soon, kind of to be the counter of the, to this one. Um, but if you need help right now, that's the blog post I would recommend you go read. And it's when you're dealing with the opposite problem where your horse is just over the top about food, all food, every food, I want that food. This one episode is specific, specifically for horses that are struggling with taking food during training. So horses like food, quick recap, horses like food, 
learn but certain foods how to eat the foods where to get the foods all of that that's all learned behavior and it starts all the way from when they're a little full right and there's probably some sort of preferences that are built in from nursing i know with humans um, what the mom eats when she's pregnant and while she's nursing um, can develop can create preferences in the infant uh, later on when because they have had some sort of tastes they've had exposure to those tastes through the milk and then in utero and all of that so i would imagine that that plays some role with our foals our horses as well um, but i am not familiar on any research on that so i'm not going to go too deep into it but that's that's also something to consider that that's there so then there are the horses that are picky or seem to lose interest in food quickly or seem to take food in certain circumstances but not others. Typically, I find in these situations, it's not that the horses don't like the food. It's not that they don't want the food. It's not that they're getting bored of the food. It's that something else in the environment is happening that is causing them to kind of quote unquote go off their food. So they are, it's usually a spike in their uh, nervous system to the fight flight response. So when a horse is, in a rest and restore state, they are grazing, they're consuming, they're eating, they're resting, they're digesting, they're eating some more. That's that we're in a good state of mind, we're just chill, we're eating, we're doing great, right? But then they start to get amped up about something. So something makes them worried. Maybe something bad has happened in this location in the past. Maybe there's a person around that they have a bad history with. Maybe they sense that you're getting a little bit amped up. Maybe your nervous system is trying to get nervous about something or you're holding your breath or getting really tense or you're worried about something happening and they're feeding off of that or maybe you're in an environment where previously they've had training that has been painful or scary or whatever it is um, maybe the sense that it's time to get in the trailer because the trailer's hooked up and you're bringing them nearby. Maybe smells have changed. Maybe there's strange dogs nearby. Maybe um, there's all kinds of things, right, that can make our horses nervous or anxious. And when that starts to happen, their digestive system slows down and they start going onto alert mode and they need to be able to flee in alert mode. So they don't want to be eating and chewing and resting and being in this calm, relaxed state of mind during that, um, when, when they're worried for what's going on. So when they're getting in this really amped up state, when they're starting to worry, their digestive system is powering down, which means they are not looking for food. Their seeking system is not as active. They are now interested in preserving life, right? They're now interested in whether or not they need to run, whether they need to defend themselves, something like that. And so they're less interested in the food that is happening, especially if they were already on the fence about taking food from you to begin with. So let's say your horse falls into a previous category where we talked about where in the past they have been punished for taking food or they're just not very comfortable with taking food from people. They're a little worried about people in general, but they've gotten to the point where they're confidently starting to take food in safe locations, locations that they are very familiar with, that they know have positive results for them, that they can trust, and they're starting to trust you. But now we've taken them into a new situation that has negative 
you know, past history or is currently showing signs that maybe they need to be afraid or fearful and they, they don't have that long trust history with you. They are way less likely to take food from you. Their digestive system, their chewing, seeking, all of that is going to start slowing down in favor of preparing to, um, to protect themselves and get to safety. So in a lot of circumstances, when horses just stop taking food and they were taking food over here, but then they stop taking food over here, or they start off taking some food, but then it's gradually their intensity about taking the food decreases, um, in a, in a, I should say in a way that makes them seem reluctant to take food. And previously they were comfortable and confident about taking the food, um, versus the situation where they were anxiously taking the food before they were like powerhousing, taking the food from you. And then they start to settle. And now they're more like normalized on how they're taking the food that would fit into more of that category of my horse's aggressive around food article. So reference that in my future podcast episode when it comes out. But in a situation where they were taking the food relatively confident, but it took a little bit of coaxing and now they seem completely uninterested in the food that falls into that more like there's a trust issue happening that this behavior of seeking and eating the food is taking a back seat to whatever else is going on. And maybe there's a negative history there between you and the horse. And when I'm saying negative, I mean like unpleasant or conflict, um, conflicting or, um, that they have been punished at any, you know, from taking food from you. And, um, I apologize if this episode seems a little jumpy. I'm like, keep getting interrupted by my kids. Um, okay. So going back to where we were. So ne by negative, I mean like a, a past history of there being a, an unpleasant consequence for whatever is going on. So taking food by hand, um, being next to the person, whatever, there's a lack of trust and there's a worry that something, the other shoe is about to fall. Basically there's this constant, like, okay, this is great. This is great. This is great. But I do just know at any point the other shoe is about to fall. So when I'm talking about like a negative training history or um, one that's conflicting, that there's been at some point punishment involved, whatever, um, or even just something scary, maybe the person has been scary to them in the past and whatever since it could just be unintentional. I'm not even talking about intentional. And we're definitely not talking about abuse here. We're talking about very minor things. Like if your horse is taking food from your hand and they take it too roughly and you kind of pop them in the mouth with your hand. Like you take the hand up to them quickly after they take the food, or maybe you gave them, um, you kind of, uh, kind of shouted at them a little bit or just were like, ow, like really loud and startled them to the point where it scared them. Like the, this is the type of stuff I'm talking about. Horses are sensitive enough and distrustful enough. And a lot of, they need that history to build that up that a lot of times something as simple as that can be, um, can cause conflict for the horse, can cause them to worry that the other shoe, that, that shout, that pop, that whatever it is, that consequence, that negative, unexpected, unpleasant consequence, that other shoe is about to fall for them. So we need to try and avoid those situations as much as possible, especially when you're dealing with a horse that lacks confidence around you or taking food from you. So 
again, when we're talking about horses that seem uninterested in food, are they actually uninterested in food or are they just uninterested in taking food from you? Do they take food at other times? Do they eat their meals? Do they eat grass? Do they eat hay? I mean, because there are circumstances where horses really are not eating very well and you need to talk to a veterinarian. You need to get a qualified veterinarian and possibly nutritional specialist and possibly, probably also an equine dentist, a specialized dentist, um, to talk about um, to talk to figure out why your horse is uninterested in food, period. But for most horses, this is not the situation. So if your horse is out there greedily eating up the grass and consumes their grain in the morning and the evening and it seems super eager, but then you try and feed them by hand and they don't really seem interested in it or they lose interest quickly, we're not dealing in a lack of interest with food. We're dealing with a training issue. We're dealing with a conditioning issue. We're dealing with a past history issue. So there are so many different factors factors that go into that and I can't possibly tell you exactly which one it is for your horse but just know that it doesn't mean you can't train with positive reinforcement it just means that you need to look at the underlying causes for why your horse seems less than super excited about taking food from your hand um, I can tell you from my past experience with working with quite a few of these horses that they start off seeming, you know, a little bit distrustful. They're a little bit like, okay, like we're taking the food. And over time that changes. And as they learn how to eat, that sounds so funny, but they have to learn. They have to learn how to eat, what to eat, when to eat it, how to behave while eating it. Like there's so many different factors. The training, there's training happening all the time. And I spend a lot of time, especially in the beginning with my um, new students and new horses and uh, really building up that, that very aspect right there. That's part of the foundation, that foundation of teaching them how, where, and when to eat and what to do while they're eating and how to behave around the people while eating and what's safe to eat, when to eat it, how to use their teeth versus their lips, where to keep their head. Like all of this goes into it. We have to teach them each of these and we can't move on in their training until they have these established. We can't use that mechanism, that process of getting them their reinforcement until it is firmly established because otherwise you're clicking and trotting and jumping around and doing all these fun things and you're wanting to teach riding and all that, but your horse still doesn't know how to eat. And so then it can't get the reinforcement, which means you can't effectively train with positive reinforcement. So it is absolutely futile to try other stuff until you have the beginning part established. So how do we go to, about doing that? Um, I go through this quite extensively in my foundation course, but there are some added extras as far as, you know, every horse is an individual and there are some cases that are more extreme versus others. Um, so I will go through briefly some of the stuff that you can start to do right now. And then if you're interested in learning even more, um, then you can take my foundation course or reach out to me for a consultation. That's fine, too. Um, but my foundation course starts at the point where your horse is, you know, is comfortable eating food and you use that food to train. So we're but what about when your horse isn't even t comfortable talk, taking food what happens when they're worried about even being anywhere near you what happens when they are thinking you're just a super scary person and um that that if they take food from you it's going to be bad right or what happens if they don't even know how to take grain and they all they know how to eat is grass um that's 
going to be a stage that most people don't have to cover, but for a lot, for some people it will be. And it's a process that takes a little bit more time. It doesn't move very quickly because there's no, like the food you're giving them is the reinforcer and they have to learn how to take that. Um, to be reinforced for continuing to do that, or so they can continue to do that behavior further. So it takes a little bit of time to get this going, but it does work. It's very effective. Um, I also want to mention that I have used this process many times to teach horses to take different types of food. So if I have a horse, like a really good example right now, I have a horse that is only eating, um, or she's used to eating hay pellets, so alfalfa timothy hay pellets, but I'm trying to cut down her calories quite a bit, and so I wanted to use celery, uh, which is surprisingly low calories. Um, but she didn't like celery. She didn't like it. She wouldn't eat it. She'd spit it out and then she'd walk away. <laughs> so I slowly introduced celery and I taught her how to eat celery and essentially to like celery. And so I'm able to feed her a good portion of her food rewards or reinforcers with celery now, whereas before, if I even gave her one piece, she would spit it out. So it is effective. It just takes time. So for your super fearful horses or your horses that aren't sure about taking food by hand and all of that, we are just going to start with teaching them how to eat grain and eat from a bowl, um, just to take food, period, to something other than grass. And this can take some time. Uh, it may take exploring different food options. So I'll kind of go through what I did with my Philly River. So she would only eat grass, right? And she didn't eat alfalfa. But I had to explore to find the alfalfa as a possibility, and a lot of young horses eat alfalfa, and I feed alfalfa to all my horses too, and I, I haven't really ever had a horse reject alfalfa. Uh, maybe in different forms, I've had to feed seniors soaked alfalfa because they can't grind up the longer stems. But what I started to do is feed them the thing that they like, whether it was hay or alfalfa or even grass. You can get some grass clippings, just uh, you have to... Be careful because they can have high sugar content and all that. But you can feed some grass and um, put in just a few pieces of grain in there. And so they can start to get used to that texture and start to taste it in their mouth and start to get used to feeling it. And you may need to walk away. So put it in a bucket, a flat, like something that's really non-threatening, a very flat bucket that blends in with the ground. It's not a big deal. It's not this big, bright blue bucket. You need to make sure that they're comfortable with the bucket. Maybe leave the bucket out in their pasture for a couple of days, you know, hanging or on if it's a rubber bucket, you can put it on the ground. So have it out until they're really comfortable with it. And they, they just, it's just there. It's part of their environment, right? And then we start to put some stuff in it, some yummy stuff. You might even explore putting a little bit of something sweet in there so they get used to they're like, oh, this is really good. And, um, and some horses though, like my filly hated molasses, like hated molasses. So, and she still to this day is not a huge fan of molasses even. And I just, because it's so high sugar and everything, I don't care to teach her to like it. So I haven't ever messed with it. Um, so I, for her specifically, I used alfalfa and I put just, I scattered some pellets and they're little tiny pellets are not big of some ration balancer. I think it was renew gold is what I was using, but, um, I just scattered it in her hay until she started to get used to that texture. And then I also would have the adult horses nearby that she was very comfortable with. And she modeled a lot of her behavior after, 
um, eating green right next to her. So she saw them eating and then she would eat and it's like, oh, what is going on? Why is this so interesting? And thankfully, I also was blessed with the fact that they would often share with her, which was super nice and very, very helpful. But slowly I started to change the portion. So I went from like 90% alfalfa to um, like 10% or less of the grain. And I started to switch it over to where it was mostly grain eventually to very, very minimal alfalfa or hay until I didn't need it at all. So now I had something that she would eat out of a bucket that she would eat in and I didn't have to, and I wasn't there and I was standing there next to her, but eventually I started getting closer and standing closer to her while she was eating. So she got used to me being around. That's another important factor. So creating that positive association, humans here, human provides food. I like this food. We're eating this food. That's great. So then what I started to do is, um, for her specifically, because she was so young, I just used that ration balancer to feed by hand, and I started putting my hand in her bucket and getting her used to having my hand nearby while she was eating and teaching her that uh, food could be in my hand and she could lip it gently off of my hand. Now, when you do this, be prepared for the fact that they might get a little bit more mouthy than you're familiar, comfortable with, so you might use gloves or something like that. That's fine. You just need to be very cautious and do not punish them if they accidentally get a little rough with your hand. We just need to take a different approach to that, um, to feeding them with your hand if they're starting to like really bite on, we don't want that to happen. So you could just have your hand nearby the bucket. Um, and this is probably honestly even a safer step than that, which would be just to have your hand near the bucket. Don't even worry about putting it in the bucket. Don't have food on it. Just have your hand nearby. Everything's chill. We're just sitting here. Everything's fine. And then start to explore having some food in your hand, but outside of the bucket and see if they'll kind of smell it, sniff it and be like, oh, there's that same food in their hand. And it, I like this food. I'm going to try it and let them lip on it a little bit. And they'll take some of the food. They may at first be like, I'm not so sure. And then they'll start to become more, um, confident with it and trusting that they can take food from your hand. At this point, I start to switch to a much larger food reward because I don't want those little tiny, tiny pellets, um, can encourage lipping and or too strongly or using their teeth even, which I don't want to happen. I want to encourage soft use of the mouth. So what you could start doing even at this point, and even before, actually, if you wanted to, see, there's so many ways you can go about doing this, is you could actually start feeding them some of the alfalfa that you knew that they liked before from your hand, and they are very unlikely to use their teeth when taking alfalfa from your hand because it's hay, and so they're not trying to grab little granules from your sensitive-skinned hand. <laughs> um, so alfalfa is a really great thing to feed from your hand. And just take a clump of it, feed it to them, and get them used to taking food from your hand and it being yummy and it being okay and they don't get punished and everything's fine. Um, and then you can start to add in larger pieces of whatever pellets you want to use. During training, I use alfalfa timothy pellets, and I use a much larger size for whatever reason in my area. Um, the pellets come pretty large and when in this certain brand, almost double the size, maybe even triple the size of many pellets I've seen um, put in bags and stuff, but I use an alfalfa Timothy pellet and I start to mix just a few of those in with their grain and start getting them used to the flavor and the taste. Usually they pick those up pretty quickly and they're like, Oh, these are amazing. Um, and then I start using those by hand as well. And so I start to get them used to this process where they're like, okay, this food is good. We're exploring new foods. Now I can take it by hand. This is great. You can start to mix some carrots in. You could start to mix in some celery. 
And for the celery, it's really cool because you can slice those slivers really, really thin. So they kind of attach themselves to whatever grain or pellets you're already using. And so they start to get used to that taste very gradually. You start off with the ratio of, again, like 10% celery to 90% pellets. And then you start to switch that ratio over gradually over time until they get used to that flavor. And then we start to feed them more and more by hand. Now, personally, I train a lot by food pans, so there is nothing wrong with continuing a lot of the foundation behaviors by food pan, just tossing food into the pan, teaching them it's click, food into the pan, click, food into the pan. You can do so much with food pans. So definitely, especially if your horse is being lippy with your hand or is reluctant to take food from your hand, use food pans, especially the flat rubber kinds that sit on the ground. Perfect options. That's what I use almost predominant or almost exclusively. Uh, I have like 10 in my arena at all times and I keep them in their pastures and I use them all the time. So, um, but gradually you can transition them to eating by hand. This is part that I start to teach more in my foundation course, teaching them how to take from your hand very softly and um, nicely. And then I start to teach them through protected contact where I'm on the other side of a fence so they feel more safe. And then we start to go inside the protected contact and then we start to change locations and we start to teach them, okay, we're, we can do this in the arena. Great. Now can we do this in, or we can do this in the pasture. Then we can do it in the arena. Now we can do it in the round pen. And then we start building how many locations they know that it's perfectly safe to take food and they start to build up this long, long history of taking food from your hand and it being a good experience. And so when we do get to those situations where they're starting to get worried, they're not really sure. I had the situation show up like two days ago and I introduced my, this now my filly that I was talking about earlier. She's now four, four and a half. And, um, she she was worried about walking through two panels that had tarps on them. I was trying to get her just working on exposure training to different areas that look similar to trailers because I didn't want to use my actual trailer because it's so hot right now. Um, so we're just working on the different components of trailer loading separate from the actual trailer itself. Uh, and I could talk a long time about that as well. But she was super worried about it at first and she stopped dead all four feet and just planted them and just stared at these two tarps and I just stood there with her and just fed her and this helped her um, remain calmer because she has to be in a lower threshold to eat food so she wasn't in fight flight mode and freeze mode she was just sitting there and just like what is that munching on food what is that it's almost like emotional eating <laughs> um, and it helps them it helps them stay calm it helps them stay focused and I can keep her brain with me. I'm like, it's okay. You're a little worried. It's okay. Just keep taking food, keep taking food. And on the plus side of this, I can also tell how worried she is by how she takes the food. If they start to speed up how fast they're taking the food, or if they stopped taking the food altogether, then I know we are hitting a red zone and we need to fix the situation pretty quickly before it gets dangerous. So it's a good, like, it's a good uh, sensor for me. Like it tells me where she is um, besides her other body language. But anyway, so she just kept taking food because she knows that I'm there for her. And she knows she has such a long trust history or such a long positive reinforcement history with all these situations. I've taken her to lots of different places and lots of scary things. We've seen all kinds of stuff and we've trained in all kinds of environments. Um, she knows that we can just stand here and just take food and it's okay. And then like two minutes later, she walked right into the tarped area and it was no big deal. It was fine. And she kept taking food the whole time. 
A horse, though, that doesn't have that history with me and doesn't have that learning history of taking food and all that, I can tell you that um, it was much, would have been much more likely for the horse to not only come to a stop, but either just go blow through their threshold and get worried and, and spook and all of that, or to completely reject the food altogether to the point where I couldn't help them calm themselves down and we would have taken longer and I would have had to go back further to where they were less worried and get them eating food again and then progress towards it again, the scary area. Or um, they, the other thing they'll do is they'll just drop their head and eat grass if there's grass available because they know they have a the ultimate positive reinforcement history, trust history with the grass on the ground. It has never hurt them. Um, so and they, it's oh, the history there with eating grass is you can't compare it right to when we're feeding them because they they eat it all day every day it's always the same it's consistent it's trustworthy it happens over and over and over again it's there it's available for them and it never punishes them and never scares them there's anyway we should work hard to achieve the ultimate status of grass <laughs> um a little positive reinforcement trainer joke um but yeah so that's kind of like a quick run through. Obviously, everybody's situation is different, and I am more than happy to help you with any situation you're currently dealing with. Um, but this is kind of an overview of why your horse not taking food doesn't mean they can't train with positive reinforcement and why it doesn't mean they don't like food as a reinforcer. There are other options also that we can use for positive reinforcement. So when my horse has stopped taking food, I will usually switch over to like scratches. Not only are scratches effective for a lot of horses as a positive reinforcer, but they can actually soothe the horse, especially if you scratch them around the withers area. It's been shown to lower their heart rate. So there are other options available to you besides food, but just in this episode, I'm specifically talking about food. Um, and because I do hear about people having trouble feeding their horses and not sure how to get them to eat food and they won't take this or that food, uh, or their horse doesn't seem to care about food and therefore this type of training doesn't work for their horse. And so this is kind of my, well, hang on, let's think about this a little bit further. Let's keep Let's keep going down that bunny rabbit hole. Let's not just stop there at the surface and say they don't like food. We need to dig much deeper and really piece apart why they aren't taking food from you. Because clearly your horse likes food. They are well kept. They like. They look good. You know, all of that. Um, and every horse is a little different too. I'm not saying that some horses are a little bit less or more food made, motivated. That's absolutely something that shows up. I've seen it time and time again. Some horses seem... Um, more motivated by other things than food. My Philly River, who I've brought up multiple times in this episode, her ultimate reinforcement above food is getting to like leave the pasture and go explore. Like she just wants to set out on an adventure. And I don't, I don't know. It's something that got developed really early because we would go on trail rides. We just go off exploring. Um, but she just loves it. She finds it super reinforcing. It's not a very normal thing that I've, I haven't really seen that in many other horses. I've seen it in like one other one. Um, and that's great. It's, it's fantastic. And I've been able to build up a, a learning history where I can keep her focused and she will work with me and she's happy to work with me, even in the face of having that option to wander off. Um, and she does great. She's 
totally at liberty, stays focused. I've built up that really strong reinforcement history. But that was just an example I was trying to use where there are other reinforcements out there. There are horses that are more or less food and motivated. Um, I have one little pony, my, my little pony, Finn, I, that horse, it, it's like if the tack room door gets left open and he's out in his passion, you let him out of the gate and he can't see the tack room door and it's way far away. Um, he just knows, he knows it's open. He can probably smell it and he will make a beeline for it. But if it's not open, he doesn't go over there. So I know he specifically like can tell, um, it's actually amazing how he figures that out. I'm so surprised by that. Or not surprised, but it just it fascinates me, right? And he is endlessly food motivated. If I have food anywhere on me, if we're doing training, if there's an opportunity to train and work and and uh, engage with food rewards and working with me, um, he is on it. He is right there. He is my little shadow, and he will never say he's had enough. So he is definitely the ultimate like food motivated horse. So and he's like at another level compared to a lot of my other horses. But that doesn't mean he's anxious or food aggressive or, um, it's like it doesn't have a choice and whatever. Like I've said, I use like super mild, like we're using hay. We're use I use Timothy pellets with him. So not even alfalfa cause that's a lot for him. So I just use Timothy pellets or just some grass off the ground and he has a choice to leave. He has other horses around and he did used to be food anxious. And we worked through that again, reference my blog article about food, um, being aggressive around food. Um, so yeah, so hopefully this episode was clarifying and I know I breezed through some areas and also I wanted to let you know that there are a lot, there are other resources available for people who are dealing with extreme fear issues where the horses won't even approach to take the food. Um, I mostly work with horses that are a little bit more domestic and are familiar with people. They just may have a bad history with people. But I'm happy to refer you guys to anything if you're dealing with a truly feral horse, which I've also worked with, uh, and I'm happy to consult consult on those situations too. Um, you can just modify kind of what I was explaining earlier to be where you walk away. So you put food in the pan and then you leave and you start to teach them that their food just kind of magically appears in this pan. And if they come by and check it out every once in a while, there's like, oh, there's something yummy in there. And then we start to create this positive history with this food pan. And then we start to build proximity or close the proximity or whatever. Anyway, close the distance between where the human is versus the pan. So you may actually in the very beginning, if your horse is this worried about it, you may actually have to put food in and just leave, like leave altogether. And you may come back out the next day and see it's gone. That's great. That's fine. It's a good first step. They're eating out of the pan. That's what you need first. And then we go from there. So there are so many steps. There's so many different variables. There's so many levels. There's, it's just way more compl complex than my horse does, does or doesn't like food. Um, and each situation is unique. Every horse is unique. And there, are, for a lot of people, you won't need to go through anywhere near this amount of steps. And some people you'll need more steps and that's okay. So Hopefully this was helpful and entertaining or interesting for people who are dealing with the other side of the spectrum with horses that um, are very eager to get the food. <laughs> I know it's always an interesting, it's, it's a refresh, not refresher. It's a nice balance when I get to work with horses on the other side of the spectrum, because I find more often than not, they fall in that more aggressive around food uh, spectrum due to their history around food and their lifestyles and all that. So, um, it's kind of a, a, just kind of, anyway, it's just kind of nice to have those situations come up too and to help people through that. So 
yeah, I will talk to you guys in the next episode and that's it. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to find out more, head to my website, thewillingequine.com. On there, I have a really extensive blog. I'm a very prolific writer. And I also have a an FAQ page. And the FAQ has all kinds of things. It has questions and answers about training and about my training specifically, as well as just general about working with positive reinforcement. There's also sections on there about health and um, behavior. So all of that. I'm also on a lot of different social media platforms, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. So check those out. And I'd love to hear from you. So don't hesitate to email or send me a message.